I'm Julie Sabatier, and this is Rendered. Before we start the show, I want to ask a favor of you. You probably know that the name of this show changed a few months ago. Some podcast apps didn't make the transition so smooth for some of our listeners and actually dropped us from people's subscription lists when the name changed. So if you know someone else who likes the show, give them a little nudge and make sure they know the name is now rendered and they should probably double check to make sure they're still subscribed. Thanks. Okay, now let's start the show. It may be hard to believe now, but Detroit was once the fourth biggest city in the country and a bustling center of the American economy. Blacksmiths, marine engine and carriage builders easily switched over to car building. Then when they figured out a system of fabricating the parts and putting cars together on a moving conveyor, it set the pattern for mass production. The mass production of all kinds of wonderful products. It fired the starting gun for today and the greater days that lie ahead. Now on every highway in the land goes the work of the people of Detroit. That's a clip from a 1962 documentary about the city produced by Ford Motors. Now, Detroit is a very different place. The city lost more than half of its residents, nearly a million people, since that film was first made. Two years ago, Detroit became the biggest U.S. city to file for bankruptcy, and its residents are still feeling the ripple effects. Sam White is proud to be from Detroit. So proud that she's one of a growing number of people who have moved back to the Motor City. She saw potential in the city's dramatic struggle that no one else seemed to see, the perfect setting for Shakespeare's plays. She started producing them a few years ago with Detroit's political climate on her mind. And these productions have gotten a lot of attention from local newspapers like the Detroit Free Press and nationally from outlets like the Huffington Post. Caitlin Pierce has the story of Sam White and her theater company, Shakespeare in Detroit. People ask, how did this theater company get so much awareness in a short period of time? It is because I am in love with this city. Deeply, madly in love with Detroit. It's a part of who I am. I went to Detroit Public Schools. I grew up in, on Seven Mile. My, my mom and dad are still here. All of Shakespeare in Detroit's performances are somewhere smack in the middle of the city. Sometimes in outdoor parks, once in the old Lincoln Motor Factory. Right now, the cast is rehearsing in a theater in Detroit's Marygrove College. Sam grew up right down the street in a rough neighborhood in northwest Detroit. So there's a penultimate fight that I have with my brother in the show where I um, accuse him of framing me for murder. And we have a uh, fight with daggers and machetes. And you're holding two machetes. And I am in fact holding two machetes, yes. Matthew Turner Shelton plays the character of Edgar in Shakespeare's King Lear. He's rehearsing on a wooden stage with a big, classic arch in front of the curtains. It's a dramatic setting for a severely tragic Shakespearean play. Blow, winds, and crack your cheeks! Rage! Blow, you cataracts and hurricanes! Spout till you have drenched our steeple! King Lear is about how to divide inherited riches, 
The king's two older daughters say how much they love him to get all the money and land they can. His youngest daughter says she cannot put her love into words, and he disowns her. After she's gone, King Lear's two remaining daughters undermine and betray him, which makes him go insane. Backstage from the fight scene are actors Kenicky Jones and Vanessa Sawson. They play King Lear's oldest daughters who betray him and then each other. It's like, yup. <laughs> oh, right. This is the only time you'll hear us getting along. No. <laughs> yeah. Right now, because on stage I can't stand her. She loves me. She just thinks she can't stand me. This is how she does me in. This is how you get poisoned. Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Kenicky is from Detroit and sees parallels between her city and the play. It did seem like King Lear kind of represents the decay of the city and how we have turned on ourselves in a sense. And um, we're just backstabbing and we can be our own, we can be our own demise. This is exactly what Sam White was going for. I talked to her backstage while the King Lear cast was rehearsing. I hate when people call Detroit a blank slate. It's not, and that's like really annoying because if it were a blank slate, that would be so boring for Shakespeare. I would not be producing Shakespeare here. If it was just this really blank, boring, boring place, I would have stayed in Vegas pursuing my dreams to be the next Rodney Dangerfield. Sam moved to Las Vegas after college. She wanted to try her hand at stand-up comedy. When she was there, she went to the Utah Shakespeare Festival with a friend. There, she saw over 100,000 people in the middle of the desert for Shakespeare. This inspired her to give her dream a shot. She came back to Detroit, and she enrolled in an entrepreneurship program called Tech Town. That's where she developed the plan for her Shakespeare company. Most major cities have their own Shakespeare companies. Detroit didn't. I don't know. I think a lot of people, even Detroiters, when they think of Detroit, they don't necessarily think of Shakespeare. But for me, it made perfect sense. Sam grew up on Seven Mile Road, down the street from the theater where King Lear is being performed on Six Mile Road. The Mile Road system in Detroit starts with Five Mile. Each road going east-west as the city extends out is named for that mile. Remember that movie Eight Mile with Eminem? That's about the line between wealthier, whiter suburbs and inner city, predominantly black Detroit. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop palms. The high school Sam attended in the city had no theater program. Shakespeare wasn't in the curriculum. All of my arts exposure, uh, my mother gets total credit for that. Sam didn't fall in love with Shakespeare immediately. But when she was in high school, she saw the movie where Lawrence Fishburne played Othello, and she was hooked. Give me a living reason she's disloyal. The main character of Othello is black like she is, and like the city where she grew up. Detroit is over 80% black. And people always say it's a melting pot, and I think to myself, well, not really. She wants her passion for Shakespeare to spark the curiosity of other Detroiters who might think the plays are just about white people. It's definitely rare to see a minority as an artistic director at a Shakespeare company. And a woman on top of that, that's like a double whammy, because usually artistic directors are men. Shakespeare in Detroit has diverse casts as well. Sam emphasized the importance of colorblind casting. 
In the current production of King Lear, two of Lear's daughters are white and one is black. Sam and her company have produced five other shows since 2013. In one way or another, Detroit was part of each of them. The first play Sam produced was, not surprisingly, Othello, a tragedy where the main character is a man of color, battling against the stereotypes and jealousy he encounters because of his race. Othello is convinced by his second-in-command that his white wife is unfaithful, then only discovers the truth after he kills her. Even something that would seem to be as heady as Shakespeare as far as like the language is colorful and, and, and old as it seems, but the themes are still relevant. Hugh Dunihai II starred as Othello in their first production. The idea of being insecure in your skin and of being not so sure or feeling like you're, you're reaching a certain age so um, opportunities may not present themselves to you or if you, if you make a misstep, there may be no way to come back from it. Playing the part of Othello was a dream for Hugh. He was in the 2012 movie The Citizen and on Funny or Die. No, I guess for me, being African-American, to have other African-Americans see that representation of this strong figure being portrayed in such, such a bold but, but realistic type of way. And, but then to see that, you no, know, he has flaws, but at the same time, as we all do, you know, but to also to see the pride, the dignity, and the courage that he represented. In August 2013, when Sam's company performed Othello, a controversial candidate was a top contender in the mayoral race. Mike Duggan wanted to be Detroit's first white mayor in 40 years. He was having a lot of issues because people, based on his color, whether they admit it or not, were questioning his legitimacy. They thought for some reason he was up to something. I don't know what he was up to, but um, they kind of questioned his resume. And he has this really, or he had and still has this really robust resume of accomplishments and credentials. Sam wasn't the only person who noticed a hesitancy about electing a white mayor. Dr. Thomas Klug is the director of the Institute of Detroit Studies. He's white, but he heard similar questions about electing Duggan. I mean, who can imagine that in a city that's, what, 80, 85 percent African-American, they're going to vote for a white mayor? You know, just the racial politics, that, that itself is like, that's, that's a strange thing, given, you know, recent Detroit history. Thomas teaches history at Marygrove College, upstairs from where King Lear is rehearsing. You know, people have mixed views of Mayor Duggan. Some people say, well, there's a shady side to him. He's a real political operator, you know. And, um, but others are saying, well, you know what, maybe we need a political operator, somebody who knows what you need to do to make things happen. Despite these misgivings, Duggan won the election with 55% of the vote. My sense of it, that the main kind of narrative was, can he be effective? Can he be effective? I think people are just so desperate and so hopeful that somebody can turn this place around. Sam wants to be part of turning Detroit around through expanded arts access. Othello was performed downtown in Grand Circus Park in the open air. Anyone walking by could just stop and watch a Shakespeare play. 500 people were there for the opening performance. Coming up. How a cursed play almost cursed Shakespeare in Detroit. But first, I'm excited to tell you that we have a new sponsor. 
Creative Bug is a website that offers all kinds of classes on a range of crafts like sewing, jewelry making, and paper crafts. And they've got a special offer for rendered listeners. Creative Bug has all kinds of online classes for crafters at every level from beginner to advanced, and new ones are added every week. You can try it free first for 30 days. Sign up for premium and apply the promo code RENDERED before you check out. Now, back to the show. After its initial success with Othello, the company continued to produce a number of different shows. For Sam, one of the most important was when they performed at her alma mater, Mumford High School. Romeo and Juliet was the first play that had ever been performed in their auditorium. In the forefront of my mind, I'm always thinking of some kid from Seven Mile because I was one. So we have to have the summer shows to expose kids to Shakespeare and to fine art. Even if they don't end up falling in love with Shakespeare, that exposure might open up the door for some other sort of art form. For a few years, it seemed like they were on the right track. But then everything was thrown into question. Sam says most of her income goes to Shakespeare in Detroit. But the company still needed to raise $15,000 to perform Macbeth this summer for their free show. Their recent crowdfunding campaign only raised 6000 I think what we need is some witches to <laughs> cast a nice little spell on us to give us some money. For the actors like Vanessa, Kanicki, and Matthew, no Macbeth would make it even harder for them to get acting work this summer. And they'll probably have to look outside Detroit because that's where most opportunities are. Emilio Rodriguez is another actor who was planning to audition to be in Macbeth. He's still hopeful Sam can get funding. Who knows? Sam White's a magician. Emilio's in costume while I talk to him backstage from the King Lear rehearsal, but not wearing what you may expect. He has on black leather from head to toe with two belts and an X across his chest. I've been told that it's kinky-esque, so that's the best way I can describe it. Leather, belts, and more leather. The actors won't be the only ones affected if Macbeth doesn't happen. Cal Schwartz has been the head of wardrobe for all Shakespeare and Detroit productions. For King Lear, he chose a post-apocalyptic theme when creating the costumes. In Detroit itself, yeah, we can be a little rough around the edges, I think, sometimes. Um, But there's beauty in the grit, and that's kind of indicative of what the design is for this show. The lack of opportunities in Detroit for actors and non-actors alike has significantly impacted the city. Thomas Klug says one way that you can see this is in the city's population. Between 2000 and 2010, the city of Detroit lost about a quarter of its people. And the problem we've had in Michigan the last 10, 20 years has really been, especially young people, they go to college and they don't see opportunities and then they they go to other states, you know, take those skills and, you know, go somewhere else. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're doing, fighting for population. One of Sam's goals with Shakespeare in Detroit is to keep talent in the city. Hugh Dooney who played Othello, definitely appreciates this effort. In this city, I think this is something that was very necessary. You know, there's, there's Shakespeare companies in Atlanta or in New York. No, this is a regular thing. But in Detroit, we have the wealth of talent, but we didn't have the opportunity. And now we have the opportunity. The play that Sam is currently trying to produce, Macbeth, is considered bad luck in the theater world. 
Actors won't even say the word Macbeth inside a theater, instead calling it the Scottish play. I asked Sam if she thought that the play's bad luck was why they couldn't find funding. No, I, <laughs> I, I wish it was that easy and I could just say it was Macbeth's fault. <laughs> no, it was just, it, was no, it wasn't anybody's fault and it wasn't a curse. It just, we're two years old. Sam White says the failed crowdfunding campaign was just one step in the process of establishing her fledgling theater company. She learned a lot and she's working on other avenues for funding. She's determined to find another way. The free show gives access to Shakespeare for Detroiters who might not otherwise be able to pay to see the performance. Diversity is very important, not just on stage to me, but also in our audiences. Exposure to Shakespeare's work allows the audience to make connections between their own lives and the universal themes from the plays. The actor who plays King Lear in the current production is Peter Knox. He says Detroit is a great setting for the play. And I think a lot of that has to do with the sense that we have that things aren't quite stable, that our environment's not quite stable, our economies are not quite stable. You know, there's a constant state of war and fear, and we just feel like things are changing. Too many things are changing too quickly. So King Lear was the right choice for what's happening in Detroit today. Sam is hoping that Macbeth will find a similar foothold with audiences because some of its lines are so well-known. If you have a kid that's three years old or someone that's 30 or 300, everybody knows, knock, knock, who's there? Everybody. Even if they don't realize that they're, they're speaking Shakespeare. And so I'm appealing to something that's already a part of their lives. And when they show up, they'll go, oh, I didn't know that line was from Macbeth. This is a perfect example of why Shakespeare is so important to Sam. She recognizes its ongoing relevance. There are so many businesses, tech businesses, food businesses. There are none of those businesses have as much proven consumer engagement as Shakespeare. Shakespeare has been performed for hundreds of years, for centuries. People have shown up to these performances for centuries. What business can say that? That's what makes Sam White so firmly believe that her effort to put on a show this summer will not end in tragedy. She wants to continue putting on these plays because she loves the work, but she also doesn't want to let her audience down. They come because they see me and I look like them and they think, okay, well, if she can understand it, then I can too. And I always say, there's nothing special about me except, except. I do not give up. I'm relentless. In the weeks since King Lear was performed, that relentlessness has paid off. She met with a small business marketing firm and an arts nonprofit and secured funding for her summer show. They've just finished auditions, and Macbeth will open in New Center Park, Detroit, this July. And audiences will be able to see it for free. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Rendered. The story you just heard was produced by Caitlin Pierce with help from the Rendered team, engineer Brian Kramer, editor Laura Haddon, and me, Julie Sabatier. Special thanks to Anna Sale at WNYC for her help with this episode. And if by some chance you haven't heard Anna's awesome podcast, Death, Sex, and Money, go and download it right now. Seriously, it kicks ass. Team Rendered also includes our trusted advisor, Jamie Cuddy, and we're happy to welcome our new intern, Nico Kwiatkowski. We get legal help from Cole Haver. 
The music in this episode comes from Levi Cecil and Seth Lorenzi at Two Track Mind. And you too can now be part of the rendered team. Show your support for the show with a rendered t-shirt, tote bag, or some buttons. It's all at our website, renderedradio.org. And of course, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Rendered Radio. And if you like what we're doing, please consider writing us an iTunes review. It's really easy to do, it's free, and it helps us reach more people. Thanks for listening. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.